to invite for the very first time to our platform to minister to us a good friend of mine and a great blessing to our house and welcome to all her extended family. That's great. She's filled up a whole road by herself. But I want you to give uh, Karen herself the biggest welcome and cheers. She comes up and just shares now. God bless you. Need the mic? I couldn't get this thing all organized. Too much hair. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for allowing me to speak at the pulpit. It's always a great privilege to have a senior pastor believe in you. Amen. He's a great man of God. He's him and his wife have been in my life for 15 years now. Oh, he's known me as a little. Oh, I'm still little, but this. <laughs> as a youth pastor back then and um, it's great to be back at home Amen. and uh, as I've been in this church for the last 15 months and I want to thank everyone for making me feel welcome it's a great pleasure to serve you and to be a part of the house and see where it's evolving and yeah and I just all my friends and my family and my boys they're just amazing and um, but firstly I just want to open up in prayer I'm going to get into the word amen Thank you, Father. We want to thank you today, Lord Father. For this is your day, Lord Father, that you have made. And we are going to rejoice in it. And we're so glad. And we want to thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will just speak to your people today. That you open the ears and hearts of your people. That you will just speak through them, Lord Father. Father, we cannot do this alone. You are everything. You are our God. And our Father, as I, Lord Father, decrease for you to increase today, I thank you that I will just be used for you to speak to your people. And I want to thank you for the release, the healing, the restoration, the reviving of each person's spirit here today. And I thank you for this word that will just cut through every bone and marrow, Lord Father. And Holy Spirit, have your way today. And we want to thank you, Lord Father, that your word is truth, your word is powerful. And we want to thank you today. There is a freedom and a liberty in this place. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Praise God. Okay, I'm just going to go into, if you would like to open your Bibles or your mobiles or whatever you have these days, um, I'm actually going to base this particular scripture, and you'll hear it throughout my sermon, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. The Word of God says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. So we're just going to leave it there, and I'm actually just going to chat with you for a while and it all makes sense at the end. There are many life-challenging moments in life, some are just positive changes, life events that actually shape for the positive. Say, for example, you know, your first day at school, your graduation, getting a first job, getting engaged for the first, well, not the first time, hopefully the only time, <laughs> marriage, you have children, some of you guys having experiencing grandchildren. There are positive, life-changing moments that actually can make you and you actually excel in them. And then there's also the negative, life-changing moments such as death, illness, loss of a job, to the point where even kids leaving home can be quite traumatic for someone. They all like contribute to great stresses in our life. A life-changing event, sometimes you have a choice and sometimes you have no say or a choice in how the path set before you is chosen. Sometimes a choice is made and you're left to take on an impact, whether it's positive or negative. 
a change has occurred. This morning, I want to share on the subject of divorce. A life-changing moment that results in a death of a relationship, an end of a dream. Today, I want to share not what is divorce or really what the biblical perspective, because Pastor Mike covered that and he's done a great job. What I actually want to focus on is if you have experienced a breakdown in a marriage or even a relationship, I want to encourage you through the Word of God today of how to pick up your life from a life-changing event such as divorce and how to actually take on and actually move forward, to actually pick up your life from a damaged relationship and how to allow the Lord to put you in a pathway of healing, restoration, deliverance and freedom, how to move on from this life-changing event. Amen? You've got to get excited. Because you know what? We're doing a life answer series and I don't have the answer, but guess who has the answer? It's Jesus. Hang in there with me because I'm going to tell you it's true when you put God first. How do you fight and keep your faith in check at the same time? As divorce becomes more of a plague in our society lately, you hear it so commonly, so loosely. Divorce, oh yeah, I'm just divorcing. Yeah, I'm going for a divorce. There's probably a greater acceptance of divorce in our society than ever before. In fact, for children growing up today, it's not uncommon to live together. It's becoming uncommon to live together with just a mum and dad. A divorce certificate is issued more and more within Australia alone. Statistics show in 2011 onwards, 45,000 plus was issued divorce certificates. We have a problem here, church. We have a problem in Australia. Why are we not praying? Marriages are under attack. Kerry did an awesome sermon a couple of weeks ago about marriage. And you know what? We, you know, he gave us a great word. We've got to keep that. We've got to keep the promises of God. More marriages are in doubt. More marriages are entered more in doubt than forever. People making vows before God has become just saying, oh, whatever. And the thing is, they're not as valued as once before. But nobody's prepared to comprehend. I don't care what choice or how it happened. You never can comprehend of the choice of going through divorce. And you can't actually comprehend the process that you're about to go through. Divorce is such a painful journey. I don't know if some of you can relate here today. I mean, we've all gone through some kind of relationship breakdown. It's not just about divorce here. Some of you singles have experienced somewhere you met a girl or a guy and it didn't work out or you're just going through a separation right now or you're on the brink of a marriage breakdown and it results in divorce. Whatever it is, we all know what the pain of a broken relationship can feel like. See, divorce, there is such a battle when you're going through this process of trying to save your marriage or trying to, and still trying to remain in God's will at the same time. Sometimes the choice is decided for us. And you're like, hey, God. I'm like, I did not sign. I did, this is not the life I signed up for. How many of you have had this conversation with God? What has just happened? I did not sign up for this life. Really, I did not read the little writing down the bottom when I signed up that this was going to be it. I thought this was forever. Divorce has a cost and a price 
that is huge not only for parties involved, but if you have children, family, friends, associates, community, it's, it's like a cyclone just goes right through. It devastates so much. How can one actually fight the fight and keep running the race? How can God possibly get me out of this? How can I move on? Who am I, Lord? How do I even, the question is, how do I even adjust to such a loss? Can't comprehend it, God. Get me out. Beside all that, divorce brings about a stigma and shame. People who have been divorced often feel guilty, and even, they did, even if they didn't want a divorce or do anything to bring about it, there's still this stigma. Am I right to get a little bit vulnerable with you guys now? I'm going to share you my story. It's going to take a little time. Two and a half years ago, I was Mrs. Karen Cortez. And one day I woke up, married, and by the end of the day, I was separated. My husband, please understand my children in the crowd, they know what I'm saying. My husband back then decided to end our relationship of 16 years. I've been with him since I was 19 years old. Do the math. <laughs> I know you guys, how old is she? Right? I know I look 21, but <laughs> so, that's all right. That's it, you know. Right, so. <laughs> I was not prepared in no way to accept or even think of a life without him. The thought of our family unit was gone. It was unthinkable. God, where are you? What is this going on? What just happened? Now, when a storm hits your home, there's sometimes a warning or sometimes you sense something brewing, but you pray it doesn't hit your home, right? When I worked in insurance, When I prepared a quote for someone, I never prepared them for the storm. I prepared them for the aftermath. So I told them, you need to increase your value of your home because when the cleanup comes, your debris alone is going to cost you $50,000 for cleanup, right? Just giving you some tips for your next insurance policy, right? So so all that cleanup, because people just do the value of their home and they forget about the aftermath. So that was my job is to reassure them that nothing, what they were going through afterwards, all the emotional, that we've got them back, their back through this devastation. Well, this storm hit my home. And I was unprepared for it. Yet something in my spirit felt it brewing, but yet I was never fully prepared for it. It was devastation all around. And then all of a sudden, I was swept up in a storm And all of a sudden, this peaceful home, this home that we had vision, we had a mission, we had a focus, we had a 10-year plan, whatever, all them plans, all them dreams, all the purpose, all of a sudden, it was just up in the air. It was gone. The debris was everywhere. And after the aftermath hit my home, I stepped out, and the reality hit me. There was a big mess big mess left behind 
And I was like, oh, my Lord, what am I going to do here? There is a big cleanup job. And the reality hit me so hard. All of a sudden, I had no home. Look, I'm not talking about a structure home. I'm talking spiritually, emotionally. I had no home. My kids were questioning. They were like lost. I was in pain. I was alone. I was frozen in a moment. I was left vulnerable. I was left empty, helpless, hopeless. My whole life came tumbling down. Life as I knew it had changed within a minute. My home all of a sudden looked very different. My friends looked very different. The community, the church I served in was split. Life for me changed forever. My food even tasted differently. My view of life, my sleep was different. I started having panic attacks. All of a sudden, I went from being this confident, bold, take-on-the-world kind of girl to walk through a room that I can actually talk to anyone to having a panic attack. It lasted me for one year having panic attacks. As as Sharon, they will have to drag me into places. I'll go to shops and I'll hide. I'll be comfortable just to go from A to B. At work, they saw me withdrawing. I would, I would just do what I had to do. Wouldn't socialize. I just couldn't be bothered. I looked at the mess and I just didn't know where to start. I'm like, God, what just happened? Yesterday I woke up with my husband and in one day gone. Who knows the feeling? A storm had come and in my, in my mind, because the mind plays tricks, you know, the enemy uses your mind. I couldn't see a way out. It was just too dark, too black. It was just too stormy out there. I couldn't see the recovery. I remember sitting on the couch and I think last night got a few early wake-up calls. I was like on the just sitting on the couch going, I just don't know how I'm going to go to work today. I don't know how to get up. I don't know how to do this. And then I was just being like a zombie walking around. And I remember just doing a lot of walks around my neighborhood. I'll be like walking 10 o'clock at night. And the boys are like, mom, are you nuts? I'm like, what? It's 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, so? I just did not have no sense of direction or time. Couldn't see. Couldn't even dream of, couldn't comprehend how to pick myself up from this. Not only did I deal with this, but there were, I saw young, three young men looking for answers. Solutions, mom, what's going on? Asking why is there hope? I prayed, I hoped, I waited. I just had to go into robotic mode and get through the day with my children. All I just said to them is, I had to say, we had to remain still in God and to trust him because I have no answer We've just got to wait and see what God's going to do here. He's been there. That's all I could say. I couldn't promise him because the promises come from the Lord. All of a sudden, I had the enemy started in my ear, trying to make me crazy, trying to tell me stuff. And, you know, you're supposed to be this Christian girl. Look at you. You're pastoring a church with a husband and rah, rah, rah. Look at your children. They're going to be scattered. Look at all these people that you've hurt. Look at all this. You're never going to come to anything. And all of a sudden, I went from being confident to fearful, from joy to sadness, had guilt, condemnation. Oh, my Lord, who experienced condemnation? It is a pain. I felt like everyone was judging me. 
you could smile at me, but I'll make it up in your mind that you're going, yeah. You know, in my mind, I'm going, she's, she, he, she's saying something about me. Yeah. Okay. I was like so suspicious. <laughs> and that's witchcraft. It's, it's not from God. Everyone was judging me, ridiculing me. I had this enormous shame. I just felt weighted. Like I couldn't look you in the eye. I mean, if you told me I'll be standing here two and a half years ago, I'll be laughing. I'll be laughing at you. I'll, all of a sudden, anger arose in me. I was angry at the situation. I was angry at my ex. I was angry at the world. Bitterness started to form. Self-esteem was gone. I felt rejected. I felt abandoned. I felt like giving up. I felt betrayed on a few more levels. As time goes by, a few other things came up. More disappointments, shock. Trust was definitely gone. People who I loved seemed to be different. And they didn't appear to be what they say. I went into more shock. I went into more betrayal. I felt for a moment a separation from God. Just a moment. And all of a sudden, I hid also from him. Ask Ursh. I hid from Ursh too. So <laughs> you know, like Adam and Eve, when they took off the fruit, they hid from God with his shame. And God's like, where are you, Adam? Come out. Where are you, Adam? That's what God was saying to me. Where are you, Karen? Why are you not speaking to me? Why aren't you not in your prayer room? Why are you not speaking to me? Why are you not opening your word? And I was like, I can't even face you, Lord. This shame, I tell you, this shame is a lie from the enemy. I felt I let God down. I was pastoring a church at the time, and I love people, and I never got into ministry to hurt people. And I felt like I betrayed the people. I felt like it, I hurt him, and I hurt his sheep. I, I felt like I hurt my boys and the family and friends around me. I felt totally disappointed. I was completely and utterly broken at this stage. And I took the blame. I said, well, bring it. It's my fault. The enemy convinced me that this is all my fault. Not saying I don't take responsibility, but I took the whole blame. I was made to feel it was my fault and I believed in the whole lie. Are you with me? How many of you are believing something that is not from God right now? You know, you ha might have a partner that's speaking lies about you. But you know what? You've got to just start confessing and break that. The journey, my friends, was a painful one. My life was in pieces, shattered. My marriage, my dreams, my hopes were dashed because of a decision that I felt I had no say in. Do you feel like that in life? Sometimes you just go, you know what? No one consulted me on this. They just took my life and decided that this is their choice. And yet I had to pick it up. And I felt like so many levels I didn't see. There was not much more I had to deal with. I was in survival mode. I went into survival mode. I went into robotic mode. I was like superwoman, grace. There was just this grace, and I took advantage of God's grace at that time. You know when he carries you, 
And he just like, you can go to work, you can function, you can come home. That's where I was. I worked hard, longer hours, just dealt with the kids home. I hid. I only allowed selected people to come visit me or ring me up. I just functioned in the grace at that time, which I needed that. So how can God turn this all for good? Good question. So much more issues arose, one thing after another. I'm trying to put two and a half years into half an hour. I'm not, it's just so hard to actually pinpoint. It's such an emotional journey. So much more issues surfaced, and each day of hope of restoring my marriage was actually becoming dimmer. And the reality set in, this was heading for a divorce. I actually was sitting in my room, really feeling sorry for myself, which you do, right? <laughs> Don't tell me I'm not alone here. We all go through that moment, pity party. I was loving my pity party. I really loved it for a while. You know, but God doesn't leave you there. And uh, I was just going through this whole thing. And all of a sudden, when we signed the papers, when all was done, I didn't anticipate the death feeling because I thought I went through it when he left me but actually when I signed the when I signed the papers and it was submitted and when the courts rang and said it's final I went down cancelled appointments (laughs) I just went into my room I didn't have the kids that weekend and I went down I slept I went into a grieving, a death experience. I cried. I went into mourning. I shed many tears, felt really tired. And at this stage, my focus was about getting my boys and through the day, I'm like, oh, goodness, I'm back here again. God, I thought I had stage one done. Now I'm back here again. What's happening? But I, had, I was holding on to that much hope. But yet, in a way, I was still holding to on God's promises. I just didn't know. See, I wrestled. The thing is, I love the Lord with all my heart, and I know you guys do too. I wrestled so badly with the decision of divorcing. And I wrestled with God to end my marriage. But there was clear, there was no tension on the other party to actually reconcile. He's actually moved on. To the point two weeks ago, he actually is remarried. So I sought counsel, and I got my clarity through the Word of God. In my case, I was free to move on. But there are so many cases, people, of divorcing for whatever reason. But you know what? That's your story. That's between you and God. All I know is God is a love of grace. And if you are going through this, seek godly counsel to understand divorce in such a way. So what happened? I'm sitting in my room, feeling sorry. My divorce is final. And I had to face a really dark reality that I was on my own, bigger responsibilities, got to pay the bill, got to pay my mortgage, went from, a two, from two incomes down to one. I'm going, okay, Lord, what's the plan? <laughs> I have nothing, so you better come up with something. I don't know what to do here. But, you know, I was actually just, trying to sleep my way through it and I was just getting to the point where just don't know how to do it God and I also had a responsibility 
of getting my boys back on track, making sure they remain in God's will, making, they, making them know that God is love and that he loves us and he is for us. I had to make sure my attitude was in check. Then, you know how God just, you know, does it, you're sleeping, and all of a sudden, my word was there. And I actually just felt prompted to grab my word, pull it out. And I just went to the crucifixion part. And I felt like, Jesus, how can you relate to me? I have just let you so down. I did not want to divorce. I didn't want this label. I didn't want my marriage to end. I didn't want to be this person. I don't know what's happened here. I am so sorry. And then I found that Jesus can actually relate to me. Because he actually was a moment when he was on the cross that he felt separated from his God, from his Father, when he said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? And there was a moment where Jesus goes, oh, my gosh, I've just done three years plus of ministry. (laughs) I'm your child. Why am I here alone? Why am I feeling vulnerable? Why am I here for these people? And, you know, all these questions I'm sure that Jesus went through. And you know what? Jesus also went through the tomb experience, through the death experience. You know, he went through that time where it was silence. There was nothing. You feel like you just can't get out. What is the purpose of my life? What is my destiny? How can I get up from here? But you know what got me really excited is that he went through the death. But there was a short moment that Jesus rose up. And you know what? He then got the courage to get up, go down to hell, grab the keys of life and death, and whip the devil's butt. And you know what? He rose. And he resurrected to give us greater hope and life. And you know what? That gave me courage and hope to know if my Jesus has already gone on the cross and he has already experienced that separation, that tomb experience and resurrection, what can't he do for me? Because he is my Lord. Amen? I remember telling Ursh, uh, she always brings it to remembrance. I was sitting on my couch, and that's about two years ago, and, I, and she said, do you remember when you said, when I'm healed, I'm going to get off this couch and I'm going to whip the devil's butt. <laughs> so, you know, Ursh, I'm here. <laughs> Amen. All glory goes to him. So that day was like a revelation in my spirit. My spirit was stirred up to know that this setback in my life is not going to kill me nor destroy me. And I had had this hope in Christ Jesus. I got the courage to rise up again. And I came out of my tomb. It's like Elijah. I love my cave, though. I was like, God, I love my cave. Why do I have to come out? <laughs> it's like, yeah. He puts you back on the path right back where you started. And you know what? I came out of my tomb, shook the dust off, rose up. And you know what? I said, Mr. Silver, rise up. A new identity has formed. How to fight and how to run your race. How do you keep your faith in check? How do you finish this chapter now? How to bring closure to your situation? I had a revelation that day to start the process to deal with my pain. 
to look in the mirror, take responsibility. Stop taking the full blame of the relationship breakdown. Stop feeling sorry for myself was the first thing. You see, I had a choice to walk away or walk forward. There was many moments where it was easy to be lost in the world. And believe you, I had so many invitations. You know how the enemy, when you're in your vulnerable, you have so many invitations thrown at you. How many people do you know who threw themselves into drugs, alcohol, do a complete 180, get hooked up in relationships straight away? Because, see, when you have a relationship breakdown, the enemy lies to you. And your flesh tells you you need someone to, you know, fulfill that loneliness. You need someone. But you know what? You don't. You need Jesus. Because, you know what? I've been two and a half years on my own. And I'm not saying that for everyone's case. And I'm not here to say, you know what? You can't be in a relationship. If God has brought you someone, praise God. You are in a healing restoration. What I'm saying is take the time out to know who your God is. Get fully healed and restored. So there's a lot of people that I was at the same time a few friends were going through separation. How they dealt with it and how I dealt with it as I chose to deal with it through the word. A lot of people try to numb their pain with different things. Might be overeating, just might be different other ways. But there was a choice in my life to make. And so how did I move forward? And why it was so important for you and me to be free and restored in Jesus? Well, I just want to give you a few things that helped me. And I want to encourage you to actually, if you're facing this, that it's, it is hard to do it by yourself but it's so much easier to do it with God because you know what he can make you know T.D. Jake says it he can make a mess into a message if you allow him so the thing is the first thing that I had to do is when I was lost I had to find my identity all over again as I said I was 19 when I was with him so my whole identity over the years formed into one because you become one Kerry explained that <laughs> you become one but then all of a sudden I was individual again I'm like who am I I was like what is going on I'm like you know even the way I cooked I remember the boys telling me I was cooking large meals and it sounds like mom you know we're a smaller family now I'm still cooking <laughs> I was like yeah I was like hmm but I had to change a lot of mindsets and habits and the way I view life and the way I was and, you know, and all of a sudden I was like, I don't know. And you know what? You can't put your identity in friends or another person. So I had to take my identity in Christ. So I chose to find him in me. I forged my image into his image. That's where I started to feel a sense of who I was in Christ. I started to fall in love with Jesus all over again. I was re-doctrinized reprogrammed I tell you he put me through the mill <laughs> I'm giving you the G version of my two and a half years <laughs> I felt all of a sense of, uh, I felt purpose I felt hope I felt peace I felt love all of a sudden I felt freedom I started to know my gifts talents because you know what before that I was suppressed oppressed not allowed to be myself, no reflection. It was just I allowed that sometimes. 
But all of a sudden, when I actually started to read and research the word of who I was, I'm like, thank you for the gift. Thank you for the talents. And I started to read his promises. I started declaring and prophesying over myself the scriptures. I had great friends that will remind me constantly (laughs) of who I was. And you know what? Can I just tell you, it's okay to be vulnerable with God. Don't be this tough man or woman because it ain't going to work. People will see right through you. Don't be fake. Be real. Because end of the day, we're not perfect. You know what? I'm, you know what? I'm not going to carry this stigma of divorce. You might look at me and go, really? She's divorced? She's been here for a long time? Oh, wow. You can view me whatever you want. But guess what? That stigma is broken in Jesus' name. Because you know what? Jesus came. And you know what? When Mary was put in a position of vulnerability and accusation, there are people ready to throw rocks. But praise God for Jesus, who actually gave us the strength and the ability and courage to actually pick up the rock and throw it back. And say, you know, <laughs> you ain't going to have me. I'm not going to be a divorced woman. You're not going to feel sorry for me. I'm not, I am carrying to silver. For goodness sake. <laughs> so got to draw that line. Jesus drew that line in the sand and say, enough. All that stops today. You've got to keep walking forward. So when I found a prophesied of myself, allow God to hear my cry. That was another thing. Allow him also. I remember standing in the, the gateway of my home and I said, you are the head of my home now. You are the head. I anointed my home again with oil. And I said, Jesus, you are my head. And I said, no one else but the Lord will be the driver of my life. He will be the only one that will get my life back on track. And I surrendered my life. And I stopped trying to work it out on my own. Let go and let God. Amen. Then the process started when I started to like me again. It's very important that you like yourself. This is not a vanity thing. You don't stand in the mirror and go, oh, look at me. No, it's about the end. <laughs> it's about you loving you for you, right? Doesn't want to put it out there, right? I had to tell myself, you are free to be you. And look at you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. I, had to actually, I actually felt that self-esteem, self-worth rise up. And you know what? The other day I was looking, I was watching TV and I saw the ad L'Oreal, you know, you're worth it. Like two years ago, I was like, no, you're not. I'm not. I'm like, when I saw it the other day, I go, yeah, I am worth it. <laughs> so, so I started believing. I was like, yeah, okay. I'm going to say it. I am worth it. And I started to emerge with this confidence. And I've been in many jobs where all of a sudden God just puts me in this roles at work that I actually actually had to be the leader in my role. And I'm like, I want to be a follower for once. And it forced me to get my confidence back. You know, God's very sneaky. He knows what you need at the time. And I was like, I just don't want it. You know, you deal with people in the insurance business. And you want a good cry, you just get on the phone with one of them. (laughs) I had to learn to reprogram my mind because the enemy hits your mind. The Bible says renew your mind daily with the word of God. That's where I had to hit first is my mind. I had to actually get better. I had to forgive myself, forgive my ex, forgive those who hurt me. And I had to accept this is my life now. 
I had to love me again and I had to accept my failures, my faults and take responsibility of getting my life back. Now, within two things in place, I had to learn to move forward and allow restoration to take place because there was a generation that needed me. They needed to see God in action. There were three amazing young men that needed their mom. And I needed to be healthy and strong. I had to fight the good fight, keep my faith for these three amazing kids. And I was sitting there going, I don't know how to lead my boys, Lord. I don't know how I'm going to explain this, God. And I said, Lord, I don't even know how to take them on the other side anymore. I don't even know how to tell them you're real. How do I tell these boys? How do I take them to the promised land? And the Lord directed me to Exodus 14, 13, which has been my scripture. Moses answered the people and said, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You shall only to be still. Well, that just sums it up. <laughs> Lord just... I had to have the attitude of forgetting the past. Grab hold of these three amazing young mighty men of God. Take hold of their hands and say, you know what, boys? Today is a new day. We are going to see As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will continue to praise his name, to uplift. We are not going to be robbed of our destiny, nor of our choices. We're going to stand firm on solid ground today. What it will look like is how, as a mother, I respond to this now. So I had to watch my attitude, my behavior, the way I spoke, the way I felt to get them on the other side. And I'm like, Lord, I ain't going to die in this desert. (laughs) You didn't call me to die in this desert. So you better take me and this generation out. And we, you know, and he gave us the tools, the resources, and the strength to actually push through. Because you know what? When Moses was standing at the Red Sea, it looked like, how am I going to get through? How many of you have been on the edge of a Red Sea, like on a moment in your life where you just cannot see a way out, but God makes a way? Where there is no way, God makes a way. Amen? He makes a way through all situations. And you know what? To actually have them here today, to actually see them in church, to function at school, to have their dreams met, to actually see them succeed, is only but God. Nothing but God. They are not victims or children of divorce. They are not I said to the Lord, they will not be labeled. But I want to thank the Lord for my boys who have been a pillar. And there are times where I held their hand. There are times where they held my hand. And there are times we didn't want to hold each other's hands. But we were there for each other. We went through such a journey. It was. There were times where they had enough of me. I had enough. So, but we came together. And we stood in unity. 
And I one blessed mom. I'll tell you, I love my boys to bits. And I will keep the faith and running the race to see them positioned to where God wants them to be. Nearly finished. I'm sorry, Pastor Mike. I've got two minutes to wrap this up. Keep yourself around good family and friends, counsel and accountability. Without the structure, you can't do this alone. I want to thank my friends here, my spiritual mom, my best friend, Charlotte. And this is also where my father-in-law will always be in the spirit, help me through everything with my, my children. I want to honor them today. They have just truly blessed with great friends like you guys. Awesome. Praise God that they opted to walk through the valley because not many brave people want to jump in the valley with you. But praise God for the mountain. Hey, Ursh, the mountain is here. Friends, I want to say to you today, if you're experiencing a failed relationship or a relationship on the brink of being ended, or you experience a divorce, a separation, I want to let you know there is a God who adores you, loves you, wants to see you succeed. He wants to see you fully restored, delivered. He will turn your mourning into dancing. He wants to see you happy, free in your purpose. And he wants to see you release. The chains will be broken. Your security will come from Christ. And you need, and I want to leave you with something. You've got to tell that devil. Today, if you're experiencing that, you've got to tell the devil. You've got to start declaring. This is what I said to him. You're about to exit out of my mind today because God is taking residence here today in my heart, in my mind. And your eviction notice is served today. And for today, I'm going to take back my life. The Bible says I am an overcomer. But see, the, the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. But, there's big but there, Jesus came and gave life and a life in abundance. There is your promise and there is your answer. That is it. He will give you life and a life of abundance. Divorce is not a label nor a death sentence. You are not dead. You are alive in Christ. You are a winner. You are his child. Jesus conquered death. And so can you. You will breathe again. You will love again. You will dream again. You will see fruits of your labor. Your children will be restored. Your wholeness will be restored. Because we serve a God that listens to our cry. Those who sow in tears will reap in joys. You can be that success story. You can bring glory to God through your journey. You know, I shouldn't be here statistically. I should be in a mental hospital or depressed or something like that. But you know what? My Bible says... But I'm an overcomer. I want to encourage you to run to God, not run away from God. Get up. Wake up. Don't be defined by the past or your title. You are God's son and daughter. Today is the beginning of new things. Allow God to do a new thing. Hand over your concerns. That's all you need to do. Give it to God. You're not alone. You're not a reject. You're not a victim. You are loved. Build a relationship with him, my friends. And watch and see what the Lord will do. So go fight for your life. Define the odds. You know what? My greatest joy is proving the devil wrong. <laughs> Trust in him because he will never leave you or forsake you. And then we can share together and say, look what the Lord has done. All praises and glory go to my God. For he has set me free. And now I can say, I fought the good fight. 
I kept my faith and I won this race. And I'm still standing. I am restored, revived, set free, delivered from the pain and stigma of divorce in Jesus' name. And so can you. Amen. Thank you. Very good. Uh, thanks, Karen. And, you know, that that is a tough subject to be given for your very first sermon, you know, because it, it is very intimate. But it is just such a blessing to know that this thing is real and it can help you no matter what you face. And for so many of us, we deal with deep pain in our lives. We de- deal sometimes with very deep issues. And you wonder, is there any hope? Well, there is. And uh, part of the heart of this church is that we want to minister to those that are broken, those that are wounded by society. We, we want to put a sign over the front of our door, no perfect people allowed. See how many people turn around at the door. Um, and, you know, some of us take a long time to get there, and Karen's been very honest, and it hasn't always been easy-peasy by any means. But isn't it a wonderful thing to know that the same God that's helped Karen is the same God that's on your side? And there's some great truths in there, and as hard as it is, just the things about having good structure, good advice, good friends, and learning how to dust yourself off and get over your hurts and move forward, trust God, begin to renew your mind, renew your thinking, begin to agree with what God says about you. All these things can rebuild a life. And to me, it's my great joy to have a restoration story on display this morning. So thank you, Karen, for that and for the family. Really, really appreciate that. Because it's the same God that will work for you, that works for Karen. And the sooner we can understand that God's meant to be the center of our world, if we'll do that... Life will make sense and all those other things that get in our way will not be such an issue. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except by me. But until you can say, Jesus is my way, he's my truth, and he's my life, you will not have genuine access to the Father. You have to make it personal for you. He's my way. There are lots of ways, isn't there? I'm sure Karen had a few ways that she could have selected. There's lots of truths, aren't there? But there's my way is Jesus. My truth is Jesus. And my life is found in Him. So it's fantastic. So we're just going to pray and Maybe if the um, worship team could come up, we'll just uh, close with a song. And, uh, yeah, let's do um, Happy Day. Because there are lots of happy days. But the day when uh, Karen sat on the couch with Ursula and said it's time for my resurrection was a good day in terms of life. So, fantastic. So, Father, we thank you for the ministry of your word. We thank you, Lord, that there's life and there's hope in you. And, Father, you call all of us to fight the good fight of faith. 
Lord, the bad fight is the bad fight of my happiness, my selfishness, my wants, my needs, my bank account, my whatever it is, Lord. The good fight is the fight of faith. So, Lord, help us to be those who know what it is to rise up and to run, Lord, and to say, Lord, we have fought that faith, that fight of faith, to keep believing what you believe about us, to keep your dream for our lives alive, Father, to keep your vision alive for our life, to keep your destiny alive for our life. Lord, that's the fight that we need to believe you and not, Lord, all the other stuff that's in our heads at times. So, Father, pray for our brothers and sisters today. Lord, if there's anyone here today, they're struggling with the loss of separation, Lord, with relationship issues. Lord, it can be out of just physical death, Lord. It can be, Lord, a single person who has had a disappointment, Lord, whatever they are. Sweet Holy Spirit, right now, I pray for your healing touch upon each of us today. Lord, a healing touch just to awaken hope again, responsibility, forgiveness, and the desire for renewal of our thinking. Because there's no magic touch, Lord. There is actually just the birthing of vision and revelation that puts us on a different pathway. Lord, I pray that there be those here today that would switch pathways, Lord, to move forward with you. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Fantastic. Let's stand and celebrate, and uh, we will uh, open up the altar call later on today. We'll get the prayer team down if you'd like to actually seal something in God. Okay. Thank you, John. All right.